Hello and welcome to another episode of a Brothers Creed Podcast, where we talk about motivation, experiences, and we explore the world around us. We are the Thomas Brothers, and I'm Jared. And I'm Ethan. And today we will be talking about the credo, the foundational credo of your personal creed, ambition. Ambition can mean lots of different things. It can be a positive and a negative thing, I'm sure. So Jared and I each have a, a story of ambition, and then we'll kind of dig in and, and uh, talk a little bit about what we think about it and how it, how it can affect personal creeds. Absolutely. Let's dive in. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. most valuable commodity I know of is information. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. You're not the devil. You're practice. So when I think of ambition, uh, the first person I think of is... Michael Phelps, the decorated Olympian in swimming. He has 28 career medals, 23 of which are gold. So he's like the most um, uh, decorated Olympic athlete in the world. Uh, He's absolute boss status. And so I I was looking at some of the stuff about him and his training and just like his growing up. And in an interview, he outlined that he did, he outlined some of his like success. Uh, and I, I think it's in some of his tips and stuff. So I wanted to go through some of those that I thought were really good insight into his ambition and what made him uh, strive for excellence. First of all, he, he said, define what excellence is for you. He said that uh, for him, it was breaking a world record, winning Olympic gold medals and becoming a professional athlete. And so, uh, as a, uh, you know, his coach, uh, who he worked with throughout his career, uh, since when he was young, said that, uh, quote, there were many days when I was walking out of the pool, giving, uh, uh, giving him, uh, oh, he said of, he said this about his coach, uh, Michael Phelps did, that he was many days he was walking out of the pool, giving his coach the bird or screaming obscenities at the top of his lungs. And he says, and we hate each other. Uh, sometimes, and there were days when we wouldn't talk, but I knew he had to go through uh, that because he, we were there, uh, we were the best team together. And looking back at my career now, he's somebody that will always be more than a coach. He's always more than a friend. He's part of our true family, and like I said, none of this would be possible without him. So. First of all, that's kind of the principle of accountability and someone to push you beyond your limits. And he said that he found that in his coach, uh, that having that ambition of being an Olympic athlete, winning a gold medal, he was enabled to go that far by having a mentor uh, that pushed him beyond his limits to the point where he's screaming obscenities and cursing, not even talking to his coach. He's like, I hate you. And he just he's like, I know, but we got to push you through. And that's how he became the great athlete that he did. Another one here, he said, extreme dedication towards that goal. He said, so I wanted to do something that the sport had never seen, that people had never seen, the globe had never seen. And to be able to have that opportunity, I had to be able to do things differently. 
I couldn't do it in the same way that everyone had done it before. So for me to go five or six or eight years, uh, uh, that meant I had 52 extra days a year, but also it, uh, in the sport of swimming, if you take one day off, it takes you two days to get back to where you were. So he says, somebody takes off on a Sunday, they're not back until Tuesday. So they're only getting Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as where I'm getting six years straight. So I'm getting that much more ahead of them. I'm getting that much more work in, I'm in better shape. And that's what I had to basically do uh, to set up for 08, he said, which was the 08 Olympics. So he talks about how he went every single day to the to swim and he didn't take any breaks and he saw that extreme dedication towards that goal kind of reminded me of uh, Michael Jordan uh, or, or excuse me um Arnold Schwarzenegger I saw his uh his biopic and it had remember he had those pictures of those bodybuilders on his wall uh that mm-hmm. he would look at Michael Phelps said the same thing uh, he had you know pictures of him winning that victory and he would just visualize that visualize that and that would fuel him uh, to keep going. So love that. Extreme dedication towards the goal. And he created that vision. The next one is uh, grit. Uh, he says, uh, I was somebody wh- who was picked on all the time. My teachers in middle school, I was told that I would never amount to anything. My sixth grade English teacher told me that I was picked on and made fun of because I had big e- ears. I was picked on and made fun of because I shaved my legs and I was a little small. Uh, and then he says, so for me, it doesn't matter how hard it is to get there. If you really want something, there shouldn't be a dang thing in the world that would, uh, that should stand in your way uh, of your accomplishments and of you accomplishing that goal. And that's the bottom line. He says, and that's the bottom line. <laughs> he says, cause, uh, that's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah, exactly. He says, if we put it, if you put it to. Uh, if we put our minds to something, we can accomplish truly every, any everything. Do you think people thought I was absolutely crazy for wanting to win eight? I guarantee you they were. People publicly said it. Uh, I didn't care because I wanted it, and I knew it was possible. So a lot of people naysayed him. Oh, man, no one's ever won that many gold Olympics, gold medals before. You can't do that. He's like, bro, watch this. Uh, and then the last one here is goals. He says, as you, he says, so our motto basically turned into dream, plan, reach, come up with the dream that you want to accomplish, figure out how you're going to get there. That's the plan part. And then reach, uh, he put his goals, uh, on his wall and he was just reaching for that every day, being consistent and having that grit. So dream plan, reach, that was his uh, formula of, of doing goals. So if you have that ambition, you, if you, if you got that dog in you, then uh, use some of this uh, formula here that Michael Phelps talks about. And if you apply like he did, <laughs> there's nothing that can stop you. Yeah. I like that. That is that it's that dedication. Um, I was listening to, I think it was, a, it might have been a Jocko Willink podcast or somebody was talking about, is talking about motivation. And he's like, Man, motivation is crap. 
He's like, motivation. He's like, nobody's motivated to get up at three o'clock in the morning and go for a run. Nobody's motivated to to do the hard things. He goes, motivation is a bunch of crack. You're not going to, motivation doesn't do anything for you. He said, discipline is what does it for you. He said, screw motivation. What you need is discipline. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of sounded, you know, a lot of like Michael Phelps, right? He's just every single day. He's in it. He's disciplined. He's not missing days. He's doing everything he needs to do. And to keep that vision. Yeah. He's got, you know, his, his boards and his, and his goals and his ambition. So I like that. Yeah. That's great. Well, I'm glad you took a positive spin on ambition because I went the opposite direction. Um, I went the direction of too much ambition and how too much ambition can, can get you in trouble. Um, so the, the example I'm going to give is, uh, during world war two, Adolf Hitler's decision to launch operation, operation Barbosa, which was the invasion of the Soviet union in 1941. Hmm. So uh, Hitler, in 1941, he decided to expand his empire to the east um, because he believed that the Soviet Union would provide a huge living space and vast resources to uh, basically fulfill his vision of a greater Reich. <laughs> and, um, and so 19, June of 1941, really despite having a non-aggression pact with the Soviet Union that the Soviet Union was following, so he didn't they weren't he wasn't at war on the Eastern Front of Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and they did they had a pact of non-aggression. He ordered uh, that his troops invade Soviet territories. And he started one of the largest military campaigns in history into Russia during World War II. So you got to think at the same time, too, on the, the western side of Germany, the Germans are fighting France and England and, you know, they're invading Poland and they, they, they're fighting all of the, the um, allies, mm-hmm. not yet the United States um, on, on that side. Then he starts a war on the other front. <laughs> yeah, and then he got the, he got the ambition. He he maybe he had too much ambition to say, well, we're on war on the western front. Why not attack Russia on the eastern front and invade Russia? So Napoleon made to, the same mistake. <laughs> yeah, Napoleon exactly made the same mistake going into Russia with what three hundred thousand, three hundred fifty thousand guys, and came back with like ten thousand. Yeah, something or maybe like it was that. more. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, initially the, the Germans invaded, and they made tons of progress. I mean, they just blew through the uh, the western part of Germany. I mean, the western part of, um, of Russia. And so there was some—they uh, ran into some logistical challenges, uh, some fierce resistance from the Russians, as well as they ran into the Russian winter. Uh, which is one of the, the harshest, yeah, infamous, harshest winters that are out there. So uh, Hitler's ambition to conquer this vast Soviet territory really led to the overextension of his forces, um, which really 
that combined with inadequate preparation for this brutal Russian winter, and they really kind of underestimated Russia's resilience and resistance to uh, the German invasion. One thing that Russia had was they had the numbers, man. They had the numbers. And Russia or Germany, I guess, didn't realize that. They thought that it was just going to be an easy take. So the advance Hmm. stalled and Germany suffered massive, massive casualties. After that, uh, German or Russia went on the counteroffensive. They started really kind of fighting. And there, there's the the war. I mean, the movie All Quiet on the Western Front, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of like a German perspective. I mean, excuse me, that's a Russian perspective of this German invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, good, good movie as well. But this Operation Barbosa from Germany just turned into a massive failure. Uh, he was losing guys like crazy. It was it was sucking resources away from the other fronts that were just causing all kinds of issues. And that combined with the joining of the United States into the war, it really, I think, and, and, and others, right, played a crucial role in the eventual defeat of Nazi Germany. Wasn't it all quite on the Western Front World War One? Um, I'm pretty sure it was World War One, dude. Maybe that was World War One. Yeah, I think it, you're yeah, right. it was. It set up during. Yeah, yeah, that was World War One. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, same people are fighting different <laughs> war. <laughs> yes, yes, that is right. Because um, I remember there being a lot of trenches, and I don't know if yeah. there was tons of trenches in World War Two. Not like um, not. It wasn't that trenched in warfare like they did. Um, yeah. So Hitler's overambitiousness in, in this invasion and Operation Barbosa into the Soviet Union uh, really shows how dangerous it is to underestimate a, a challenge that is before you. Now, maybe if Hitler would have maybe done some more investigation or uh, maybe if he would have maybe done some more research into some historical precedences like uh, Napoleon do it, trying to do the same thing. Uh, maybe if he would have done some more research into what the the winter is like in Russia, then maybe his ambitions would have been more um, acceptable. Yeah, but I think maybe his 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 over ambitiousness and his uh, under preparation really led to a failure. And not that it's a bad thing that Nazi Germany failed, right? I think it's a it's a good <laughs> thing that that that. They spread themselves. It's, a, it's, thin. it's still a lesson in overambition. Yeah, you bit off more than they could chew. What does Dad always say? When we're playing Risk. You're spreading yourself thin. Yeah, right. The the Germans, I mean, they spread yeah. themselves thin. They're 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 burning the candle from both ends they ran, and ran uh, out of oil. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was something that, that ambition that immediately when I thought of ambition, I thought of that. That it's I think it's a good thing to be ambitious. But you have to be ambitious with a plan. Yeah. You can't just be just blind. I, I don't know, blind ambition, and 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 maybe I hesitate to even say that because I think that can take you a long ways as well. Um, but yeah, I think having a plan and understanding at least somewhat what you're headed into 
is uh, definitely a part of how ambition can can result in progress and achievement. Yeah. My mantra in my career has always kind of been, it's better to be overly ambitious than not ambitious enough. So yeah. if, if I'm reaching out to someone or I'm, I'm, I'm being bold in the things that I'm doing, I was like, well, if I'm going to err, I would rather err on the side of being overly ambitious than not ambitious enough. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And something that I always do in my career when I start a new role, and maybe this is dumb of me, but I always start the conversation with new managers as I am, I am focused on progression, whether it is progression in this role or progression to the next role or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not interested in being in this same role for the next 10 years. Yeah. That does, that does not interest me. Yeah. I want to, I want to succeed and excel in this role and mm-hmm. have it prepare me for the next role. Yeah. And I always I always tell new managers that or managers that and and I said, you know, I'm I'm going to focus 100% on what I'm doing now, but with the goal that it's going to lead me to what's next. Um because yeah. I want them to know that I'm yeah, I, I mean I'm going to be reliable, but I you know, want to grow. Yeah. Um so I hear you, man. Totally. It's good to have those conversations. Yeah. Uh, it's like, so, I want to tell you right now, I want to get paid more than I'm getting paid now. I know <laughs> I know, I just started this job, but in the next year, I want to get more than a 3% raise. Yeah. And if they were well, honest with you, they'd say, not, well, you can forget that. Yeah. Well, and it's not, it's not, it's not always about money. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it is always, it is always about money, but my conversation isn't stemmed from money. And I do say that. I say, and it's not about me just making more money. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I want the... I see the next steps in my career path over the next five years are X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I'm in this role right now, supporting your team right now. And this is how I want to get to the next step in my career. Yep. Um, can we, can we do this together? You know, you help me, I help you. Yep. Um, so I think that's yeah, definitely Excellent. a good thing to do. Excellent. Well, I think this has been a great attribute, uh, a great credo attribute here uh, of ambition. Uh, challenge our listeners to apply this concept of ambition in your own life. Take some of these advice, take some of these cautions, and build this into your own, your own creed. And as you do so, uh, you will be uh, you will find new opportunities and new frontiers uh, to conquer, and you'll push yourself to limits that you maybe not would not have thought possible before. So, with that. Let's build our creed together.